Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play Podcast. Today we are going to be breaking down everything we've seen in the first round of the NBA playoffs, then going to do a little look forward into the next series. Uh, And as always, to break down NBA with us, the better part of our duo, Leo, how you doing? Oh, you're too kind, you're too kind. I'm okay, man. Uh, Philly made me look like an idiot, so I'm really uh, ready to get into that, but other than that, I'm cool. Yeah, Philly, um, I will tell you, uh, the bubble is affecting some of these teams differently. Some don't look engaged at all. They've already left the bubble. Uh, Other ones that didn't look engaged look like they're rounding a corner. And and let's start off with the team that had no interest in playing this series, the Philadelphia 76ers, who I'm officially selling that uh, merchandise. I'm out on the 76ers now permanently. Uh, I will never be back. That's fine with me. The city of no love ever. Uh, That's where I'm going. Uh, Philadelphia looked disinterested from the beginning. Zero game plan. Zero coaching. And in truth, it was everything that you thought negatively about the 76ers all came together at one time. Uh, Where do they go from there? If you're the 76ers front office, uh, what are you doing next? All right, so if if I'm Ellen Brand and, you know, my job's actually on the line, then I think I would lean against breaking up Simmons and Embiid. The problem is I don't see how they get rid of Tobias Harris's contract. I don't see how they get rid of Al Horford's contract. So it feels like they're just kind of stuck with this roster unless they trade one of those two players and maybe package them with one of those huge contracts that, you know, seem to not be any good. But as someone outside of the organization, just as a fan, you know, idea spitballing, I think I trade Embiid. I think I trade Embiid, and I think I would experiment with some small ball a little bit. Ben Simmons is 6'10", right? Yeah. He's a 6'10 guy who's fairly muscular who can't shoot. That screams big man to me. And I think that they might be able to get something out of him in a small ball point center role, but they can't do that if Joel Embiid is still there. So, you know, for my, you know, as a fan, you know, with nothing riding on it, I think I would trade Joel Embiid and try to see if I can get some perimeter players, try to package maybe uh, uh, package Tobias Harris with Embiid and just try to see what I can get. You're going to get something for that. Yeah, you can get a lot for either any of those pieces, uh, either Embiid or Simmons, because their upside is so high. For me, really, I am going to trade my first-round pick and Tobias Harris to get him the fuck off my team. Period. I'll get him away. He's he is not a good player. Sorry, he is not the player you're paying him to be, and you you need that cap opened up to bring someone else in. Um, I'm going to give it a year with a different coach besides Brett Brown. I believe Brett Brown is one of the worst coaches in the NBA. Um, and I base that off of the potential the teams have had in every year they've gone to the playoffs with him, uh, the last two years, and how little he has ha- has given them. Um, his command of the team, his command of the locker room was subpar. Uh, His game planning was subpar. His in-game decision-making was subpar. For me, my very first step is to replace him with a tried-and-true coach. Don't bring Mark Jackson in there. I I don't want to see that. Let me get someone... uh, who, who's ex- Ty Lue is the rumor that I've seen. I would be I would be perfectly fine with Ty Lue um, and giving that a run. And if we get to the All Star break of next year, 
and the team sucking, I'm going to be honest, I'm selling every single part. I'm going to sell Embiid. I'm going to sell Simmons. I'm going to do what OKC did. I'm going to see if I can put a, uh, a hodgepodge together that can still make the playoffs in the East. Meanwhile, I have 13 first-round picks coming up. They have the ability to do that. Uh, I think you are going to turn a corner and eventually go, yes, fine, Ben Simmons is a great player. He doesn't help you win games. Yes, fine, Embiid is a great player. He doesn't help you win games. That's the point we're getting to. That happens. You can hold on to these players forever and be a 6th or 7th and 8th seed forever, and that's fine with some teams in the NBA. One year of checking it out with a new coach to see how they come together. They don't come together, I start dismantling it. And I don't think twice about it. Uh, you've already made horrible offseason trades and, and moves pretty much over the last three years, degrading everything you once had. Um, this is a worse team on paper than it was last year. I don't know how you moved backwards so dramatically. Um, but I start with the coach and I work from there. Uh, also, I, while we're on the topic of... Did you see the story about Jimmy Butler? Uh, I saw a story recently about Jimmy Butler and how uh, Brett Brown apparently uh, was reluctant to bring him back in the offseason. Eventually, Brett Brown gave his approval and said, yeah, you know, I'd be cool with bringing Jimmy back. But then the front office goes, nah, let's just sign out Horford and and give Tobias Harris $180 million. Yeah, the, the whole thing is the front office of the 76ers is terrible. Brett Brown is 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 not a good coach. Um, he's not. He's he's an okay coach. He's not a good coach. So you basically, whatever decisions they come to, they should have just gone the other direction. It would have been better across the board. Um, yeah, I, I I don't trust anyone in that front office, and I don't think anyone in that front office should should remain. I mean, they drove Hinky out of town, and since then it's been a revolving door of shit shows. So. That's not going to change. Um, it's a bad bad front office, bad ownership, bad coaching. None of that's really going to change, unfortunately. All those things are going to remain the same. They're going to come up on an offseason. They'll probably arrive at the wrong head coach. Uh, they'll probably make some really dumb offseason moves in desperation. But if they bring in another big man who can't perimeter shoot, uh, you know, I'm going to blow my brains out. So, uh, and that's all they've been doing. How many people can we fit in the paint with Embiid and Simmons? And then they run that nonstop. So, uh, I hope that they turn it around. I just, uh, I, I, there's been nothing in, in their last 10 years, 15 years to say that they're capable of that. Um, quick Brad Brown stat before we move off of him. Yeah. He is now one in eight in his last two playoff series against Brad Stevens. Yeah, you put him up against someone who knows how to coach, and it turns out he gets his shit pushed in. Uh, yeah, that, that's essentially what's happened. Yeah, put him against anyone who can coach, and Brett Brown loses. It uh, doesn't matter if he has superior talent, he loses. We, we I like that. That's who he is. Uh, that's a good stat to encapsulate it. They lock into one. Um, they've lost eight. Uh, another team that really showed a lack of energy the first couple weeks, and I really thought they were destined to leave the bubble almost immediately, was the Denver Nuggets. Um, I'm not sure what Denver's game plan is most. I'm sorry. I know exactly what Denver's game plan is. I don't know what they talk about in between games. Uh, their clear problem is their effort on defense is pathetic. Uh, Michael Porter... They're, they're letting Donovan Mitchell walk to the room whenever he'd like... That's because they, they have no interest in playing defense. Now, the problem with the Jazz is they struggle to score. 
but they'll play tough defense. And the Nuggets have more talent offensively. Michael Porter has that... His scoring ability is through the roof. His general basketball... Look, his basketball IQ looks horrible. Um, I might be able to get a bucket on him. And I'm not good. He... I have no clue what like he and and I think that's encapsulates the entire team. No one on that team knows how to tell him where to be. There's no one on that team that plays good defense. They play incredible offense. They've just got heat checkers up and down the board, and 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 they can get out ahead of you and score. But night in and night out, defense is what wins games in the playoffs, and they just don't have any. Um, I I thought they I thought they were going to get waxed out of this they've come back into it it's now 3-2 I still see the Jazz winning in in another two games but the Nuggets for me what's an excuse to play that abysmally defensively when most people will tell you defensive effort it, it just is that it's effort defense is effort communication if you're not communicating and you're not giving the effort you don't have a defense and that's what we're seeing Right. I mean, I think we do need to mention the fact that they're missing Gary Harris. Uh, Gary Harris, I mean, he's he's Gary Harris, but he is their best perimeter defender, and I'm guessing that's who they would have thrown on, on Donovan Mitchell or, or on Mike Conley when he got hot. He's been missing with injury, so I, you know, I'm sure that that does hurt their defense. But if you really want to be a contender, you can't be one player away from just being a catastrophe on that side. And you're going to tell me one person leaves your team so now no one can play defense? I just, like, I'm not buying right, it. exactly. Yeah, I'm not like, buying it. You can't it. be considered a contender if Gary Harris is going to derail the season. Yeah, I, look, and he's a fine player, but it's not like you lost Kawhi Leonard and you're like, oh, now how do we make up for Kawhi Leonard? You're, you're oh, it's right. Gary Harris. Oh, there goes our defense. You're like, okay. Denver's been throwing sure. me off, man, because I, I know a couple episodes ago I said that I, I thought Denver had this series in five. Yeah. And then it looked like they were going to lose in five. And now I'm not sure what's going to happen in this series. No. So I, I don't know. I'm playing a wait and see approach with Denver, but I'm not putting money on them again. No, I'll tell you this. The one part, the one thing that I've gotten in a rhythm on on the NBA is identifying when the over under might be the better play. Um, in this Nuggets Jazz series, uh, early on, basically, if the Jazz win the game, the under goes. If the Nuggets win, the over goes. So I've been. Like cherry picked last game for the over the Nuggets. The over under is the exact same as it was the day before. It's two twenty. Um, it can get there rather, you know, at the end it kind of picks up a little bit because they have close games and everyone goes back and forth with scoring. Um, but uh, uh, for me, I don't see either of these teams advancing past the next round. Really, I think they're just going to be fodder for whoever comes out of this. Uh, the Clippers and the Lakers, and, and I do say the Clippers, the Mavericks have way too many injuries, and we'll get to them next. I think the this is just a fodder team. I think the Jazz could put up a little bit more of an effort uh, than other teams. I just don't see where the Nuggets... I, I They need to find some kind of defensive mantra or defensive mindset, uh, or else they're, this is who I saw them as last year. This is, again, who they are this year. If this is their identity, a team that's just going to shoot the ball and not play any defense, uh, doesn't matter where your seed is, you're just going to get knocked out in the second or first round every single year. 
Yeah, I agree. Whoever wins this series is going to lose, in my opinion, to whoever wins the Clippers-Dallas series. Even if Dallas were to come back from 3-2 and win, I, I think I would take Dallas. So whoever wins this series, to me, is just going to get bounced next round. All right, let's slide it to, I think, the most exciting series, or, or one of two, but for me, the most exciting series. It's Clippers-Mavs. Um the Luka Doncic show, that man is a super saiyan. Uh, they tied the series up 2-2. Last night, the Clippers come out with the broom, uh, with a bat, and just beat the shit out of the, the Mavericks. No Porzingis with a knee injury. I think he might be done for the series. They're just not saying it. Uh, without Porzingis, this Mavericks team has no chance, unfortunately. Uh, it was a good series. What are your takeaways from Luca and what you've seen? Before we get into the ass whooping that they received yesterday, uh, I want to talk about Sunday, man. That game that Luca had on Sunday was insane. That was a crazy game, and that shot that he hits at the end made me start thinking. Obviously, we knew that Luca was a talented player. Obviously, we know that you know over the next decade he's probably going to be one of the top, if not the top, player in the league. You know, barring uh, a jump shot development from Giannis or something like that. What do you think his ceiling is for his career? Because what I saw on Sunday made me start reevaluating some things. Like, hold on, this might be a guy who ends up with you know two or three championships. Um, I think he is a two or three championship guy. Uh, I think you can definitely get there. I I I have no reservations about that. Really, going into this series, I was very high on Luca. Right now, I'm what what he his top end capability. Okay, what? two years into the league um year into the league you know you're like okay I, I don't I don't even know where to really put you um especially against the level of competition it's not like it's not like Donovan Mitchell getting free buckets Luca's earning all these buckets these are tough fucking buckets uh the the Clippers said we didn't come into this series thinking we could lock down Luka. But they believe they're going to win on every other matchup. Last night was a great example of them winning on every other matchup. I think Luka Doncic could win two titles. Three titles is is tough. Two is pretty much where I'm going to say that that's his, that's his limit. Two titles. And that's a Hall of Fame. First ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and has potential to be in the top 25 NBA players of all time. That's where I think Luca's top end potential is. Okay, I'm I'm not mad at that at all. I just you know when I see him hit that shot on Sunday and look at that stat line and he does it by himself against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, it's got it, it kind of makes me rethink some things. Like but before this series, I'm thinking, okay, Luca's gonna be a a great offensive player. He may be able to get a championship one day if they get the the right pieces around him. But after seeing this performance in this series, even if they lose, just seeing what he's been able to do in this series, it's making me think, no, this this really might be a multi-championship kind of guy because he fits the profile. You know, typically the, the team that wins the championship is the best team that's got some a superstar that's, you know, 6'6 six, six or, or taller. You know, you don't normally see the the superstar or small guy win the championship too often. And so Luka is he's 6'8". Yep. He's young. He's one, already one of the best offensive talents. He fits the profile for someone that you know may end up with 
with multi rings by the end of it. Yep. There's a long way to go, obviously, and I don't want to overreact to basically five games in a series. Last night they got whipped out of the stadium. Uh, we'll see what happens to them tomorrow. Uh, but it, the future is definitely bright. Uh, Porzingis getting injured is more alarming to me than Luca doing really well because Porzingis is the second part to that circle. And you, you they definitely need a third piece to yep. really be a contender, and they need that third piece, I believe, to be uh, a shooter that can take some <clears throat> ball handling responsibilities off Luca because you can see Luca get gassed towards the end of these games. He's yep. tired of having to carry the load. And even when KP's there, because KP doesn't initiate offense, he, that's not his role. Yep. They need that third piece who can kind of take over for a little bit, even with Luca on the floor, let Luca play off ball. That, that's the kind of guy that they need, like a Brad Beal type. Yeah, they need to figure out how they can go get. They need a little more depth, and they need another star. From there, they, they, they should be able to round the, cor- the, round the corner. Uh, but they, they have their one star. We have a question mark at the second star. You need at least one other, and then you can fill the rest. There should be a lot of teams selling after this year. Um, I'm not sure what Portland's going to do, but they've got some pieces that could be moved around. Uh, we'll see what the Clipper, uh, the Mavericks do. Uh, two series that we'll quickly skip over. Um, I, I think that the Lakers finally rounded into form, and they've thumped Portland into a hole. Uh, I think that right. the Buc- Lakers in five, like I said. Yep, the Bucks, same thing. They rounded a corner. They're going to thump the Magic into a hole. Uh, both of those series should end today. Four o'clock for Bucks, uh, nine p.m. for Lakers. I'm going to tell you this. I like the idea of going the uh, minus twenty-one. Um, I believe that the there's going to be an I. What is Charles Barkley said it? Uh, one, two, three, Cancun, and that's from. Uh, I can't remember who they uh, who actually dropped the live clip. I was just talking about this, but uh, I think that the Magic and the Trailblazers both have an eye outside of the bubble and want to get out of this bubble. So you're going to see the Bucks and the Lakers with a mission just drive those teams into oblivion. Um, now the if I saw correctly, I, I think I saw Dame is ruled out for out. tonight. He's got some new injury, so yeah, that series is over. Kiss that and let me say that I'm very, very angry with myself for not putting every dollar to my name on the Lakers on Kobe Day. Yeah, because that was the easiest money that you probably could have made all season ever. Um, so that brings us to really the last series that's drawing any attention. And we both thought it might be cooked early, but it is not. The Thunder and the Rockets are tied 2 to the creme de la creme of what's left of the first round. Uh, 6.30 p.m. tonight, we are going to get that game. Thunder Rockets, uh, we have seen a tale of two halves, really. We saw the Rockets really come out in the first games and blitz them. Uh, and, and at times leave the Thunder looking like they don't have a scoring option. What's turned around is the Thunder have really spread the ball out. Chris Paul's taken on more of the workload. And the Thunder have crawled back in this 2-2. Can the Thunder close this series out? I think that they can. They definitely can, but I won't be picking them to do so. I'm still waiting to see Russ. Do you know, have you seen any updates on what's going on with Russ? I thought that maybe the quad injury would be healed by halfway through the series, but it doesn't look like he's close to coming back yet. No, and I'll tell you this. The other thing that worries the fuck out of me about that, about that 
when these teams start going, oh, you know, I, I, you know, he's just out today. It's a slight, it's a spasm. It's just a, it's just a knee thing. It's just today. And then I'm like, okay, so it's been three weeks. What are we doing here? And they're like, oh, day to day. You know, he could wake up tomorrow and it's fine. I go, just, okay, so it's over. He's got no chance of coming back. That's what I'm leaning towards with these teams right now with what they're doing in the bubble. Ah, Chris Stapps is day-to-day. Is he? Because it sounds like he's week-to-week because he's now missed a week of games. Ross has now missed over a week of games. This isn't a short injury. Whatever it is isn't something where he's just going to come back and be healthy also. I really think that if you're 2-2, you're down 3-2, these players are either coming back healthy for the next game or they're out. Or they're going to come back in such a limited form, I don't really know if they help. These injuries are probably more serious than letting on, and they're just having fun kind of not letting them on. So, right. I, so I got some serious stats for you. Go for uh, it. The, the series is tied 2-2. It's been a pretty close series, but the numbers show how close it is. They have These two teams almost have the exact same field goal percentage for the series, almost the exact same three-point percentage for the series. Uh, the rebounding difference isn't as big as you would think, given the fact that the Thunder are bigger than the Rockets. It, I, it's been a very close series. It's been back and forth every way. And I, I honestly, I need you to let me know what you think that this series is going to end with, because I, I've only been able to catch two of the four games. And so, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm missing the best series. Life keeps getting in the way. You tell me, what do you think is going to happen for the rest of the way in this series? Because I, I seem to keep missing this one. Uh, I'm kind of lost because they've just looked like four different teams every game. <laughs> uh, right. I, I really do believe that, uh, like, I look at it on paper and I go, well, you know, OKC matches up pretty well. But then you look at the shooting and you go, well, the, the Rockets can't seem to make shots when, like, when they went last game. They just could not make a three. And I go, it, that can just happen to that team statistically. And if it happens for two more games, they're eliminated. Like, that's it. If they can't shoot for two more games, and we've seen this about the Rockets. My biggest problem with predicting this series at this point is I've now seen three years of the Rockets where they can just show up and not shoot. They could just not hit a three-pointer because they they play the mathematical odds we know that odds swing sometimes really far left and really far right. And they need to be in the middle. And there's no consistency with Houston. They're either shooting the lights out or they're vacant. Tonight they could come out and blitzkrieg OKC and then turn around and lose another game and we're going to seven. And if you don't make those shots in seven, that's it. I think Houston wins this game because they have the best player in the series at James Harden. But once again, we're dealing with James Harden unable to step up and beat an undermanned team. So what do I know about this series? Isn't James Harden on an undermanned team right now? He's the best player in the series. So I, I guess we'll see where it ends up. I don't think OKC is a thoroughly manned team to begin with. I don't think they're a super threat or super deep team with high-end upside to begin the season. They've overperformed. I think we can all agree to that, and maybe we need to evaluate what our perception of good is. But the Houston Rockets down Russ 
look very similar to uh, OKC as they stand today. So I go, okay, I think you, you both are pretty evenly matched, but the better players harden. And once again, I'm in a playoff series where I go, you need to be the star. And he's not in any of these games been the star. We've seen Luka step up. We've seen Dame step up. We've seen Donovan Mitchell step up and drive a dagger through the other team and say, you're not winning this one. Kiss it goodbye. I need that from Harden. I need a down-the-stretch game where in a tied series like this, I need him today to come out and go, this is over. We're going to go up 3-2, and then we're going to win in six. That's what I need to see today. I need to see the best player say, I'm the best fucking player. And I'm going to dominate the ball. I'm going to dominate the ball. I'm going to dominate. I'm going to. I'm going to go to the line. When I'm not going to the line, I'm getting. I'm getting layups. I'm shooting open threes. I'm moving the ball around. I think the big problem with Houston is the same thing they always run into. They struggle with team ball, and they play the percentages of shooting the threes. And if that dries up, or the other team gets hot at the same time, they get hot. They lose a game, and you can't recover. Uh, until I see James Harden go into a series and put his stamp on it, I'm always going to believe the same things I've thought about James Harden. And I don't care if that's confirmation bias and I'm, I'm ignoring stats. I want to watch it. There's something about a superstar where you watch it and you go, that's the fucking guy. That's the fucking guy. That's the fucking guy. I know that fucking guy is going to cause me, as a fan of the other team, to go, that fucking guy. And James Harden hasn't been that fucking guy. That's what I need to see. Show me the you know that fucking guy. Me about, I'm sorry. You, you know what confuses me about Houston is that they stick, you know, like you're saying, that they play the numbers when it comes to the threes. They're going to shoot X amount of threes because the numbers say that X amount are going to go in. I just don't understand why they stay married to it once they get cold. I know that when you get cold, statistics say that uh, it's, one is going to go in. But they've lost series. Yep. That series that they had against the, the Warriors two years ago, they lost that series because they went cold uh, late in Game 7 and they just didn't adjust. Yep. And I don't understand why they do that. Like, I, I understand that's the game you play plan. the numbers, you yep. shoot your threes, a certain amount is bound to go in. I, I understand. But when you've missed 10 in a row, like, yo, go get me a couple layups. Like, let's get some points on the board before we start throwing them up again. Yep, and you don't really see that. Right now, uh, the Rockets are averaging 113 point, uh, points in this in this series. James Harden is averaging 32. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying that James Harden is, is not part of that. Uh, part of the reason they're winning, they've won the two games. He is. He's a big part of that. No one else on their team is averaging over 20. But I, I'm going to need to see him turn around today and go, I'm the best fucking player on this fucking court, and I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to see what, I, you know, anything you try to do today, OKC, I'm just going to blow through. I'm the better player, and that's going to be the end of it. I, I need to see that. I haven't seen that. I, I When I look at the Thunder series, uh, when I look at the uh, Nuggets and Jazz, when I look at kind of their series and where it's going there have been times where donovan mitchell's been the one to go look this is only happening if i score 50 and you know what he does he scores 50 that's what i need 
I need to see that. I need to see James Harden come out today and put OKC in a basket and put a rock on top of the basket and put it in the river. That's what I want to see today. If we don't see that, it's the same Harden. Yep, you get a ton of points. Congrats. I need to see you dominate a game. Um, and until I see that, I'm fucking still out on James Harden. So that's where I stand with him. All right, so before the series, you took the Thunder winning. I took the Rockets winning. They're 2-2. Uh, you, you still think the Thunder are going to take this one home? Yeah, I got I to gotta stick with it. Um, the only thing that I'm concerned with is the Houston Rockets have it in them to win this. Okay, if they if James Harden comes out with that mindset and sets his will against OKC, there's 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 no answer. OKC doesn't have an equal firepower to go after them with, um, and I don't want to make it sound like basketball is a one person sport, but I gotta break it to you. Uh, we've talked about the heroics of numerous players and what they've done in series. You know, Luca, Donovan Mitchell, um, even AD in the Portland series. I need to see him take a game and it doesn't matter who else is on the court until he does that. I'm sticking with OKC. Right. Okay. I'm not mad at it. I'm still sticking with the Rockets. I think Harden's going to find a way to get it done. Even if it goes seven, uh, but quick shout out to Lou Dort from OKC. He's been playing some great defense. His offense hasn't been the greatest, but I don't think that's why he's out there. He's been pesty on defense. He's been making it hard on James Harden and the rest of those boys. So just a, a quick shout-out to Lou Dort. Yeah, and, and OKC's playing great team basketball. They're well-coached. They execute well. They've got smart players. They're not an easy out. I, I don't want to make it sound like they're just an easy out. But I just need to see more from Harden. And if you point to his stats, I, I don't give a fuck. So show me it on the court. <laughs> Um, I know his stats. I, I have the ability to Google things. Uh, I just want to see it on the court. Um, I don't want to see it in the form of 18 free throws, and that's how he gets to his 32. Um, I want to see that's where you start. I want to see you end by dagger threes, um, getting getting a layup and the foul. You need these three-point plays that, that, that start to clip at a team like OKC. Two-point plays OKC can live with. It's the three-pointers that you're going to be able to separate with them. I need to see Harden do that. We see all the great players pull up with those threes and start draining them. I do expect to see Harden do that today. If I don't, though, I'm still going to be happy because fuck James Harden. Uh, let's, let's move on to uh, the next series. Uh, we have on, what is it, Friday? No, tomorrow, Thursday. We actually get the start of some of the next rounds. Uh, the Celtics do, and... Do Boston and Toronto play tomorrow? Yes, the Celtics and the Raptors play tomorrow. 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. The Raptors are minus two. So this means uh, we need to add to our series predictions. Who do you have? Round two. Oh, this is tough, man. This is tough. My brain tells me that I should pick the Raptors. But my heart tells me that the Celtics are going to take it. Uh, I'm going to go Boston. I say Boston wins, uh, and I think this goes seven. I think it goes the full slate. Okay, I also think the Celtics win. Um, I think that they have. Uh, I think they've got the better coach, and that's. I, I think these are two of the top five coaches in basketball. I really like oh, Brad hold on, Stevens. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
I know. You said that Boston has the better coach? I believe Boston is the better coach over Nick Nurse. Better than Nick Nurse? I, I mean, coach of the year? I know. Coach of the year. That means, if it should, look, if it was the best coach, it would just go to Popovich. Uh, it's it's like okay, the NFL I won't thing. Argue with that. It's like the NFL thing. Oh, who should win best coach this year? Well, Bill Belichick should win best coach every year, every single fucking year, because that guy fucking is the best coach. I get that some years they're they're down and up, um, uh, and we'll see. Right, this is a great series. I, this is this is like a, if you're a basketball purist, I don't think you could find a better series for yourself. You're going to see incredible selfless basketball. You're going to see stars. You're going to see great adjustments. You're going to see a back and forth. And neither one of these teams are going to fucking quit at any moment. Unless this whole thing goes out the window. There is a lot of talk that the players want to make a stand and boycott one of the games for the social injustices that are happening across America. I'm of the opinion that... However, they want to protest these the players and use their platform. They're entitled to it, and as fans, you just got to get over it. And if you're upset over it, you need to fuck off. Um, for everyone on both sides saying that politics have sports have no place in politics, um, Herschel Walker just spoke at the Republican National Convention. Okay, in, in case you don't know who Herschel Walker is, he is a athlete. He's not a politician. He's never been a politician. He is an athlete. Both sides pull athletes into their sports because they have a platform and they're easily recognizable. They should use their platform however they see fit. That is what freedom is about. If you take the stance that keep politics out of sports, make sure you check yourself. Make sure you check yourself because both sides use it. If you're saying that, it's just because the sports figures you're talking about are not speaking your point of view of the argument. Now, I'm not saying point of view is right or wrong. I'm saying you're saying it because you don't agree with them. So I think America needs to do a better job looking inward and not getting tricked by the system. Have some own self-thought. Have some own self-criticism. Own some mistakes collectively clear your mind but however these players plan to to protest or show their support in face of what we is continued social injustice um and criminal injustice uh, i i believe these players are entitled to do whatever they want and i am in full support of however they want to use their platform yeah i don't have a, an issue either way if they decide to play cool if they decide not to play cool uh my only, I guess, differing opinion is that, you know, if, if you wanted to not play and, you know, to, to do what you needed to do in order to fight against social injustices and, you know, everything that we just talked about, you had the opportunity to opt out of the bubble. Yep. Yeah, so, you, did, like, you did. I, get it. I, I know that new events have occurred, and I understand, yep. but you knew what it was when you went to the bubble. Yep, and they may opt out now. So... Putting that, putting that a little behind us when it comes to this series, I really do think it's an absolute treat. Now, I, I had said that I think that the NBA is going to have a lot of, uh, I think they're going to have a lot of symbolism in how the, the, uh, 
how these series progress. Uh, I said that the way sports work are a little weird. They're not always fair, but they have this way of turning uh, turning things into the right direction. Uh, for example, you know, I said that OKC and Houston would play. Um, I still believe that the Lakers and the Celtics, the NBA's richest rivalry, um, will will be the outcome. So I have the Celtics winning this series. I think the Celtics are the best team in the East. I think the Lakers are the best team in the West. And I think they're going to match up in the finals. Uh, and I continue to believe that through this series. I think it's going to be a great series. I'm going to tell you this. It starts out. The Celtics and the Raptors. The Raptors are giving up two points. I love the Celtics to win. I like the Celtics plus two points. You like it, all right. I I don't know what I'm gonna go with the first game. I, I'm not sure. I I kind of lean Toronto. Like I say, I, I think the Celtics are going to win the series. Brad Stevens seems to do a good job adjusting when necessary. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors jump out to a 1-0 lead and you see Brad Stevens tweak some things and they end up winning the series. Uh, so I, I'm on the fence. I'm, I'm not sure who I'm going to take in that first game, but I definitely have the Celtics winning in a long series. I don't think this isn't going to be over in four or five either way. No, I do think it's going to go six to seven. Uh, another thing um, coming up on the NBA slate, we have uh, after today, it's the last day of locked in NBA times. Um, what we have uh, when you when you get further, the Bucks and the Magic. Could, that could be over today. Lakers, Blazers could be over today. And Friday, our only game might be Rockets, Thunder. So uh, just, a, just a little shout-out to everyone to get your basketball in because this all-day 1 to one to midnight kind of NFL thing that the NBA's been doing has been phenomenal for people like me that are working from home. And, and you can just check it in at, at any time. And there's gambling all day long. But it is coming to an end, so cherish it for what could be its – his last couple days in this non-stop format we're getting. I'm with you. And the NBA, hey, NBA, if you're listening, and you should be, do this next year and forever. Like when the playoffs start, just give me all-day basketball, all-day, every day, until you can't fill all the time slots. Correct. I need this every Correct. Right, run this non-fucking-stop. <laughs> This is this is you were built for this format. Fact, give me this in the regular season too. Yes, yes, you were built for this. I need this. Um, one of the big things I want to say that there have been people pointing out online, and this will be my final thought. Uh, there have been people pointing online that the NBA ratings have been slightly down. Now they are slightly down in baseball. They are slightly down in NHL. They are slightly down in NASCAR. They're slightly down in almost anything but golf. Uh, golf is up. Now, golf has been perennially down in the toilet, so that doesn't say much. But what it actually tells you is that more people right now are watching sports than ever before. And because every single sport is trotting out their product every single day, it is only possible for someone to watch one thing at a time. And that is what's drawing eyes off individual sports. They're not all down because they're all not being watched. The problem is the Orioles are playing at the same time as the Capitals. The Capitals are playing the same time as the Nationals. And half of the Oriole fans are also Capital fans. And all the Capital fans are also National fans. They can only watch one thing. You're only going to get one viewer on that, on that TV. Sports in general are up dramatically. The ratings for individual sports are down. But that's because... Everyone's running fucking everything hand over fist. 
If you don't think it's going to get even wackier when the NFL goes, we're going to play all the time too. We're going to put more games towards the end of the season on, on Saturday. I could see them bleeding into Saturday, and they go Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's going to hurt everyone else's ratings, but it's not because people are <laughs> yeah, watching that's less hurt sports. My relationship. Look, yes, uh, yeah, I p- preach, <laughs> but uh, but 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 that's what it is. Understand that there are more details than just how things seem. And, and wow, I do believe that this will be successful for the NBA going to a March Madness style when you hit. Uh, regular season playoffs year in and year out or you want to run this for parts of the year i don't understand why i don't have games tipping off at 10 a.m on weekends sometimes in basketball i should be going 10 a.m to 10 p.m across the country i think this is a good model and and people need to look a step deep and go if every single sport wasn't playing minus football playing right now at the same time we would probably have huge rating boosts across everything. Uh, so when everything normalizes and spreads back out, I think they've all found a format that works, and fans actually can't get enough of it if you just nonstop pump it through. We're gonna, I'm going to keep the TV on ESPN all day, and it's going to run through every single NBA game. I might flip or even over. Even if I'm not in front of the TV, it will be on. Right. I, I flip over to baseball, and I let baseball run. You know, that's, I think it's a great model. I think it'll get continued fans. It's like having ESPN in the background, but only I get an actual sport. So that's my last thought. Leo, any thoughts before we wrap up? No, I'm just thinking about how we're talking football starting soon. And I'm thinking, man, as crappy as this year has been in terms of, you know, deaths and pandemics and politics. And, you know, I don't have to rehash everything. Yep. I feel like I didn't really have to wait for football, (laughs) you know, like I feel like football's just popping up all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, shit, I I didn't have to go through that time of year where I'm like, ah, I wish football was here. I guess we did, but it was just a different time of year than normal. I I feel good. Football's going to be back in two weeks. I feel good, too, and we will have a pod out this week for the NFL. Um, I have narrowed down my search for MVP, uh, the passing yard leader, season win over unders uh my fantasy perspectives i've got it all mapped down we're gonna bring all that to you uh and look i'll i'll just toot my own horn real quick um i am doing nothing but winning across the board with picks uh i have been fucking murdering um i am uh 20 35 and 26 in the nba 16 and 10 uh, in MLB, I'm up 15, uh, four, 15 units. It's nothing but winners. And here's the thing. Football's the sport that I specialize in. I'm going to run through the fucking NFL this year. I'm not going to get a single thing wrong. I, I'm going out no, all in. I'm going to ride your back on some of these <laughs> NFL picks. I'm ready for that. I'm not going to get a single thing wrong. I've never done more studying. Of course, I got things wrong, but I'll deny them. Uh, all right. As we get out of here, we thank you for listening. Please rate, subscribe, review. You can find me at Pick and Play 37. You can find Leo at Pick and Scroll on Twitter. Uh, we will be launching our new Twitter handle for our podcast, which everything will be coming through. Our official picks will start to be garnered on that page. Um, we are growing up. We appreciate everyone sticking through these adolescent years as we turn the corner and learn how to drive. So thank you all. And we will see you hopefully later this week with an NFL update. Take care.